0: Hello and welcome into the Fire Me Up podcast. I'm your host Drew Matthews. Um, we had a long hiatus, um, but, but we're back. Uh, we're gonna try to try to do some episodes. Uh, try to do it once a week if we can. Uh, we're gonna try to bring in some guests and uh, just mix it up a little bit. Keep it fun. Keep it light. Um, uh, before we start, uh, I want to introduce. We have a new new co-host, uh, Adele Younis. Uh He's a really good friend of mine, former teammate. Of both me and Ben Brownley, and we'll talk about Ben here in, in just a little bit. But uh, just want to introduce Adele. Um, he's been on, been a guest in some recent podcasts and things like that. But uh, we're excited to have him on as a full-time host. Um, how's it going, Adele? Hey, all is well. Um, Drew, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, you know, wish it'd be like the old times, but you know, really happy to be here. You know, talk about sports, get some laughs here and there, and you know, I'm, I'm happy that you. Me on here. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to have you on. I mean, you're one of my best friends, and I'm I'm thrilled to thrilled to have you you join it so so that we can continue to uh, make this podcast and have have good times because that that's uh, that's kind of what it's all about for me, and that's definitely what it was all about for um, Ben. Um, but just just to kind of kick things off, um, you know, I think everyone that listens to this podcast knows that um, Ben Brownley passed away um, this past October. Um, obviously very very shocking and and very quick and um you know it's never something you want to hear and it's never something you expect especially from somebody that young but um you know one of the things that ben and i did to stay in touch uh once we graduated college ben moved off to denver and and i moved to nashville and we both were pursuing different careers and um you know got girlfriends and and life life kind of took its hold um, but we, we also wanted to stay in touch, and so one way we did that was recording podcasts when we could, you know, whether it be every week, or um, we would take breaks here and there, but we, we tried to do one every week or every couple weeks, so, um, you know, I was wondering whether we were going to continue the podcast, if we could get, you know, somebody else to do it with me, and uh, just after thinking about it and hearing how much Ben's family really enjoyed listening to the podcast and how much Ben really enjoyed, I thought it was kind of a no-brainer to... To bring it back and to keep doing it just because uh, I know they enjoy listening to it and uh, some of Ben's relatives had reached out and, you know, asked and implored that I I, I bring it back and uh, keep doing it just just kind of in Ben's memory. So, um, you know, Adele and I are going to continue to do this in, in Ben's memory and, and just try to have a good time and um, just, just keep in touch that way because a lot of us uh, are from different states and all over the U.S., so uh, we don't get to see each other all the time, and this is a good way to stay in touch other than uh, uh, just texting and the occasional phone call. So, um, glad you're here, Adele. Um, you know, appreciate you taking taking over for Ben. I know I know he he would choose you if he, he had his choice of anybody. Um, so, thanks for joining us. Hey, I, I really appreciate it. You know, we,
1: we keep friends, families, and our prayer every day. I think about them all the time. Still remember the First time I met Bradley, I haven't told this story to that many people, but we were at the equipment room getting our gear. It was you know, it's still for the summer. Uh, we're coming in for fall, fall semester for cross country, and I hear this loud person behind me and I looked and I look at Daniel Koich and I was like, Who is that? And he goes in his very strong Kenyan accent. He's like, That's Ben Bradley And I was like, Why is he so loud? He's like, He's from Texas uh, <laughs> and from there we trained him. Together every day and became best friends and then roommates and kind of looked up to him as a brother and I would call him when he was in Denver and I was still at like, KU hey, and just for advice. Uh, but I, you know, I, I know you would be happy to see and hear us, you know, having this podcast still. So I'm excited, excited for this new uh, for this new season of the podcast. and Hopefully, we can talk about good sports and maybe see a Falcon Super Bowl here uh, in the next two years. But yeah, let's get back to it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean. Ben Ben's probably the biggest reason why we're friends. I mean, we weren't in the same training group or anything like that, and um, so we're gonna continue this in in honor of him. And you know, we we both love him, miss him, and um, you know, it it seems like it was just yesterday that that uh, that he passed away. But um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep keep it going and try to have a good time because I I know that's what Ben would want us to do. He wouldn't want us to to sit around and uh, you know just ponder ponder why why what happened and. Um, you know he'd want to see us have a good time and continue living life and you know uh, carry on his memory in in, in good ways. So uh, cheers for that. Um, so Adele, do you have a drink of the week this week? Um, I know you're new to this, but generally Ben and I would have a drink of the week. Oh yeah, I remember you guys always having a drink of the week. Um, I actually had a Coors Light at
1: lunch today. <laughs> it was funny. You know, I was having some wings and the lady's like, "You guys want a drink?" And I was like, "You know what." Still on a Coors Light, and I had one, and I remember that was Brownlee's favorite drink, so it was on, you know, it was on sale, it was on tap,
0: wasn't great, but it got me going, and here we are. What about you? What are you drinking over there? Well, I got something special tonight, um, just since we're kicking off the podcast, and, um, you know, this is the first one without Ben, and uh, first one with you on as a guest. Um, I got some Davidson Reserve Single Batch Rye Whiskey um so 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 brought out the good stuff for tonight um just a little whiskey to to wet the whistle there um local nashville whiskey uh tennessee whiskey so uh cheers to that uh, but miller Lite, i could drink a miller light at any hour of the day i tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> that's right okay well, well well let's get into it we'll just dive right in um to the sports world um NFL conference championships are are this coming weekend and uh we got some good matchups we got the Chiefs and um you know first thing I want to pose is do you think Pat Mahomes is going to play I mean it's kind of unclear at this point what exactly his injuries are I've seen different stuff um from different sources um a lot of fake news out there as Brownlee would say (laughs) um so so do you think he's going to play and uh if, if not do you think they still win if Pat Mahomes does not play, then I don't I, I, I don't understand because he's the box office. They should postpone it another day or
1: two if they have to. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not even a big Chiefs fan, but the guy's got to play. I mean, who was it? Chad Henney, great quarterback um, in college. Yeah, he may have won up that game, but it's just – I don't think the guy's got a concussion. I mean, Andy Reid just said, you know, he, he, he took a hard hit. And I believe Andy Reid, he's a good guy. Um, probably not the best medical professional, but he's got to play. They need him, and if he doesn't play, they're not going to win, and it just won't feel right seeing Buffalo in there. And, I, hey, I'm a big fan of Bill's Mafia, but I also want to see a great game, and I want to see box office football players play.
0: Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm with you for most of that. Uh, I, th- I mean – I think if he's at all able to play, he will play. And he, he, it probably will be banged up, or even if it is banged up, he'll still play. He's the kind of guy I feel like will will still play. And, um, you know, I, I mean, he won't be 100% healthy. So it'll be, I think it'll be a closer game than what it would be with a healthy Pat Mahomes, obviously. But um, I think, I think he'll. I think he'll make the start. Um, hopefully he makes it through the game um, unless we get some big revelation here at the end of the week. But I think he'll start. I think they'll probably win. But I, I think um, it, it won't be – I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think I think we'll have a good matchup there, and um, I think it'll be exciting. So um, so outside of the Chiefs, what, what team do you like to, to probably win the Super Bowl this year? I mean – um, I mean, I know I've got some fan favorites. Both my teams are out, the Titans and the Seahawks, so i got nobody in the hunt, really, as far as my fandom mm-hmm. goes. But who, who do you like uh, to try to win the Super Bowl this year? Well,
1: the team I'm most familiar with, honestly, is Tampa Bay. They played Atlanta, you know, twice this year. And they're just clicking at the right time. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom Ray's 43 years old, and he's still putting up numbers like he's 25. He's uh, got the best receiving core in the NFL. A great defense. I uh, think Bruce Arians are clicking right now. I have Tampa Bay winning it on. I love Ann Rodgers. He's done remarkable things, and I think he's the MVP this year. But Tom Brady's got that look in his eyes. He's hungry. They're a good team. They're all clicking. Uh, as long as, you know, everyone stays healthy, they're my Super Bowl favorite. Okay, Even okay. With the Pat, the Pat Mahomes.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can really make any wrong pick here. I mean, I, I like all the teams that are left. The only, you know... Question mark is the Pat Mahomes injury, but um, I hate to say this because I'm not a huge fan of, of Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's just clicking on all cylinders right now. And I think him clicking all, on all cylinders that it, it might just be good enough to beat Tom Brady. I don't know if that Tampa Bay defense can, can really stop it. Um, so I think it'll be a, you know, whatever defense decides to show up late in the fourth quarter will win that one. I think it'll be a shootout um i mean it won't be in the 40s but i think it'll be a i think it'll be a shootout and that'll be must watch tv because we don't know how many more years we got left to tom brady and uh aaron Rodgers. i mean philip rivers retired today and he, he's one of the old guard i'd I really say aaron Rodgers and, and tom brady are kind of the last of the old school quarterbacks left um i guess you got roethlisberger in there too but who knows if he'll if he'll uh start next season um so we'll see, but I'm excited. I, I think the the Packers will advance the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are, will advance the Super Bowl. But I will say I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for for the Bills to at least make it a good game. I kind of like the Bills um, this year. Bills Mafia shout out Bills Mafia. Uh, but no, I'm I'm excited. It it should be good. I'm I'm disappointed in in my team's uh, lack of execution. Uh, just both both the Tennessee Titans and the Seahawks had such great regular seasons and just just really just, you know, failed to show up in the playoffs so that, that was disappointing, but um, I got my wish in the college game so uh, moving on, we got let, let's do a college basketball update uh, I know you're a big college basketball guy, I'm a big college basketball guy, but um, our hometown Jayhawks, man, w- what's going on? Have you been watching the games? I have uh, a game for- Baylor. I mean, it's what I expected.
1: I mean, Baylor's probably the best team in college basketball. I mean, I just—they just—they just ran through us. They got off to a hot start, and just like the Gonzaga game, we just couldn't stay with them. Um, I don't know if it's lack of you know better athletes, or if we're just not shooting the ball well. But something's up, and I'm scared we might not win the Big Twelve again. That's the first time since what 2013 uh, I was listening. I was—I heard that we lost back-to-back Big Twelve games. So yeah you got to do something, do something better before it's
0: too late. Yeah, I'm, I'm real worried about our offense. Uh, I mean, because when we get down, especially early, it seems like we, we really struggle to fight back, to get back in the game, to get it back to single digits, to get it back to, you know, three or four points. I feel like we really struggle when we get down early. And, you know, teams past have been able to rally at certain points of the games. I mean, I remember, you know, being at a you know it's a different environment this year, but being in Allen Fieldhouse and KU coming back from down fourteen with like two minutes and thirty seconds left, the West, Virginia, West Virginia. I mean, I'll never forget. And now that's an extreme example, but I feel like this team kind of gets a little bit deflated once they're down. You know, ten. You know, not eight, nine, ten points. I feel like they kind of get deflated a little bit. And the other thing is, I feel like we don't have an identity on offense. Like the past few years, and and even beyond that. I mean, we've had. We've had great heady point guards that can drive to the hoop really well. I ha- I won't say that we can't do that, but it seems like we it's definitely not in our forte. I feel like I don't see our point guards driving to the hoop as much or you know, obviously not nearly as well as some of the point guards of the past. Um, uh, I think our defense is okay. I mean, we've just had some teams on you know, teams get hot from three on us, which is tough, but you know, I didn't expect to win, which is kind of sad because it's Kansas. But uh, definitely down year, definitely definitely disappointing. I mean, we don't want to rag on it too much because, you know, we'll sound spoiled, and, and we are spoiled when it comes to Kansas basketball. But I, d- I just don't know what our identity is on offense. I mean, we, we just don't have that guy to rely on um, offensively. I know David McCormick's Dave been – Yeah, yeah. I know David McCormick's been – Putting up pretty good numbers too, but it, he, he kind of seems hit or miss at, at some points during the game. But um, what do you think? That, what do you think about that loss to Texas by twenty? I mean, Shaka Smart with some hair is
1: shocking everyone. I saw him on uh, Sports Center first game of the season, and I was like, "Who is that guy on the sideline?" Uh, I mean, Texas. I mean, they've always been—you know—he's always done a pretty good job at recruiting, putting things together this year. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Texas, as you know. Uh, but We
0: got a good team. Okay. Yeah. Now, kind of, kind of moving up, uh, you know, across the country. Just a, another couple quick updates. Um, I believe this is the first week that Duke, Kentucky, and UNC have been out of the top twenty-five since like the '80s. I believe in 1982 um, that none of those teams have been in the in the AP top twenty-five. I mean, th- that blows my mind. I mean, for all those teams to have a down year at the same time is very difficult. It's Kind of makes you wonder where the talent's going, and, and maybe it's in Waco, Texas. But, uh, you know, I, that that's pretty shocking. Um, and I know I know Kentucky fans are probably the most upset of anybody. Duke fans are, you know, you know, not ideal, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be back. But uh, what do you think's going on in Kentucky? Does if if Cal doesn't get it together this year, you know, if he if he get loses in the first round or doesn't make the tourney, I mean, do you think he do you think he's bought himself enough time? To to come back next year, or, or do you think Kentucky's going to kind of lose their minds and, and k- kick him out? Uh, Coach Cal will be back next year. I mean, the
1: guy knows how to recruit. He is, you know, he's a winner. Um, this this team that he has right now is young. I mean, he's always had younger teams. It's they're just not putting it together. I mean, they didn't have a whole training camp where they can mm-hmm. you know get to know one another and you know gel. It's taken them a little bit longer. I I can still see them making a run here in the SEC or just kind of finish off the season. And even even if they don't do well in the tournament, Coach Kyle's a great coach. Um, Not a big fan of him, but he he knows how to win. He knows how to recruit. And he gets his guys to the NBA. Yeah. That's that's what it's about, you know, for those guys. Those one and done. So he'll be back. Uh, Ronald Williams and Coach K will be back as well. But I'm just saying, Hey, the well's drying up over there. They're not paying the guys like they used to. Kansas, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying Kansas doesn't pay their players. Look at us; we're still doing somewhat well. So. <laughs> we're the true blue blood.
0: Yeah, no. The the only thing I worry about, and I don't really worry about it that much, but you know, you look at a program like Indiana or UCLA, teams that truly used to be blue bloods. I mean, they've fallen off the map. They have. They haven't been good consistently in in. 10 plus years at this point, you know, they haven't put together back to back seasons where they've truly been a good, great program. So I always kind of worry about that with Kansas. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I know it's just a down year and I'm probably overreacting and uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think we'll get it together. I think we'll be a better team come March than we are now, but that may, that may be wishful thinking. One team that I'm excited about and I am biased here that has just come on crazy as of late is Alabama basketball I did not think I'd be talking about Alabama basketball at all this year, but they, they are 7-0 in SEC play, and they've played a murder's row uh, of, you know, the good teams in the SEC. Uh, they beat LSU um, last night by like 19 or 20, um, which is a huge win because LSU cheats their asses off um, in recruiting. <laughs> um, they, they beat Auburn. They took Kentucky to the woodshed. Um, I mean, they're having a great season so far. I mean, being 7-0 in the SEC, you know, it, it's not the best basketball conference, but it's still pretty damn competitive, especially when you've got good teams like Tennessee and Auburn with good coaches and Bruce Pearl and Rick Barnes, and and then you got Kentucky as well. So shout-out to Alabama basketball. But um, the last team I want to just kind of highlight, and I think you already kind of touched on I think Baylor's the best team in America. I mean, I've watched a little bit of Gonzaga. Obviously, I watched the first game of the season where – well, yeah, yeah, maybe that was the first game of the season against Gonzaga, first or second. And uh, they're very good. They're very good. But uh, after watching Baylor, I think they're the best team in the country. I mean, I, I don't know who's going to be able to stop them. Obviously, it's basketball, so you can catch people on an off night, or you can get hot from three. But man, man, Baylor looks pretty damn good. I, I'd say they're kind of the 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 favorite to win for me. But who, who do you like to who do you like at this moment in time as your number one team? I'm probably going to go with you. I mean, Baylor's top five in defense and offense. They look good. I mean, they're athletic. They're big. They're, they're playing well. I mean, they have almost the same team as last year before,
1: you know, um, season was kind of cut off due to COVID, but Mm then they they got a good team. Iowa's a team to watch out for though in March Madness. Yeah. They they got shooters, five shooters. They got that big man that looks like Psycho T from UNC back in the day. (laughs) Um, I don't even know the guy's name, but he could play basketball. So I was uh, maybe they might be a little favorite there going into March if they catch fire. Um, but right now, Baylor's the number one team. Yeah, Zach is great, but Baylor, Baylor's they're ahead of everyone right now.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I feel like February is normally my favorite month of regular season college basketball. I feel like we just really get some good games in February as as the conference races kind of wind down a little bit. And I, I'm excited, but um uh moving on here so um what in the hell is going on at tennessee football i mean have, have you followed this at all yes
1: i mean they had mcdonald's trending the other day because of the money going in mcdonald's bags i mean i thought jeremy pruitt was a good guy but that could i guess the culture over there is win now and bring whoever you can but it's something that is Pretty surprising I mean Bob Stoops quoted it and he was he was saying I wasn't surprised by it so I guess everyone else in the SEC kind of knew what was going on but it's kind of new to all of us
0: right right well the key about winning now is you actually have to win now um and they haven't been doing a hell of a lot of winning so <laughs> um I mean who I mean obviously innocent until proven guilty and all that but this does not look good I mean so for those of you that don't know, and pretty much all you know, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, which is like the hub of, of UT alumni, and UT is in the University of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee fired their head uh, football coach, Jeremy Pruitt, um, just a few days ago over recruiting violations. They fired what seems like just about everybody on the football staff um, over it, uh, meaning the assistant coaches, um, uh, for cause, which means they won't have to, to foot the buyout. Um we got the local homers here on local sports stock radio saying they just did it because they didn't want to pay the buyout and they, they weren't happy with the product on the field. Um, I tend to disagree. I mean, that, that may have made it an easy out as opposed to waiting to see what the NCAA would have done. But, I you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not an insider. I don't know what's going on in the program, but it doesn't look good. I have seen a UT... UT player uh, quote tweet that McDonald the, the cash in the McDonald's bags uh, article saying, if you believe this, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, so some players coming out saying that's not true. Um, but who knows, that could have been a second stringer that barely sees the field. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Tennessee is just a hot mess. Any time they try to change coaches, they're a hot mess. I mean, last time it was the whole Clay Travis thing where Clay Travis basically led an army of UT fans to say, no, we're not hiring Greg Schiano because of the, the Penn State scandal um, that that he was kind of indirectly tied to. Um, so they, they, they got him to block. They blocked him from being hired and they got Jeremy Pruitt and now UT has run Jeremy Pruitt out of town and... I mean, who's going to want that job? I mean, can you think of anybody that's going to want to go into a program? Now, I, I understand it's the SEC and it's a jump up from a lot of power or a group of five coaches, but like they, they have recruiting violations. They've run their past, like, God, it seems like a handful of coaches out of town and tarnished their reputations and ruined their careers outside of Butch Jones, who's just getting back at Arkansas State. But well, I mean, who do you think would, would take that job or wants that job right now?
1: Jones for any other reason I would have said this is a perfect job for Hugh Freeze he knows the area great offensive mind the guy knows how to recruit I mean yeah he had that little uh, scandal at Ole Miss but I think he's learned from his mistakes at Liberty Um, and he would have been a great coach you know for Tennessee but I just don't think he'd want to go into that mess right now still one of the best jobs in college football I mean you're in a hotbed you got Atlanta three hours away you recruit from Louisiana, Mississippi. I mean, yep. the state of Tennessee is not too bad at football, high school football. So it's a great job still. I mean, if you're able to go through that dumpster fire, I know they're going to have a new AD as well. You just got to get a new administration and kind of clean up house. Yeah. And this could be for maybe a young coach to you go over there. But Hugh Freeze would have been my favorite. Honestly, I don't know
0: who else would go there right now. You got a UAV's coach, but he turned out Auburn's job. so. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was another dumpster fire of a coaching search. <laughs> or at least the rumor the rumor mill was running on all all cylinders there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have said if they had just fired Jeremy Pruitt and said, hey, you know, you're not doing good enough for us and we're firing you and there, there was no recruiting scandal, I would say, okay, they're, they're, they're 100% going after Hugh Freeze or they've already kind of locked it up. But because they've done it with this recruiting scandal – I don't know if they're going to want to touch Hugh Freeze. Now, I know – you know, I've heard interviews, and it seems like he's reformed, but I I just – it just seems like Tennessee probably wouldn't touch him. And, frankly, I'm surprised Auburn didn't go after him. Um, But, you know, uh, Jamie Chadwell seems like a good option at uh, Coastal Carolina. He had a hell of a year. He seems like a a really good coach and can do do more with less. But the SEC is a big step up, so who knows how well he would do there. But he, he seems like a good option. Um, you do have Hugh Freeze out there, but one name that's been floating around in the Nashville area on the local radio stations is Jason Witten, UT alum and uh, obviously huge Dallas Cowboy uh, legend. Um, so, so Jason Witten might be in the running there too. You never know. Jason
1: Witten, you know, I would. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Hire if they do bring him on. I mean, what about Gus Malzahn?
0: He's a great coach. Yeah. Yep. Gus Malzon's a good a good coach. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get too much in Auburn right now, but I think that was, I think that was a mistake to fire Gus Malzahn. I mean, I understand, you know, they, they were just, you know, just above 500 most of the time, but it's not like you didn't bring him to a national championship game. I, granted they lost, but, uh, to your boy, James Winston, but, uh, you know, I, I think he's a pretty good coach. I mean, you see what happens to some programs when they, when they, when they get, Their eyes get bigger than their stomach, and they fire a decent coach, and then it turns into a dumpster fire, and that's what's happened at Tennessee. I mean, you know, it wasn't their choice, but ever since Lane Kiffin left, Tennessee has been an absolute joke in a dumpster fire. I mean, it's embarrassing. And uh, just kind of having an outside perspective here in Nashville, I mean, the fans are so delusional about how good they're going to be. I understand they won a national championship, but, you know, that was over 20 years ago, and they don't get the recruits that – that can win a national championship. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, What do you think uh, Jeremy Pruitt's going to do now? Do you think he gets hired again as an assistant or a head coach somewhere, or or is he kind of done? I think he goes to the best rehab facility (laughs) in
1: college football, and that is the University of Alabama. Go back over there, get an assistant job, you know, learn from Nick Saban once again. Re rebrand your image and get back get back on there and go get a head coaching job. I believe in second chances. I mean, you got Jacksonville Jaguars ex head coach go to coach offensive line at Alabama. So you just go back to that program, you know, win another national championship or two, and then get you know throw your your, your name back out there. You see Butch Jones is a head coach at Arkansas State again. Um, I mean Kirby Smart came from that program. Charlie Strong was there as a I think quality control coach. Now he's I think he's going to Jacksonville or uh, or he, yeah
0: oh, he's, he's going he's going to Jacksonville to be the uh, linebackers coach. Yeah, so
1: I think yeah I think he'll get another job in college uh, college football. I mean, he's still a great coach. He knows how to recruit and he knows how to coach. The man started at Hoover High School as a defensive coordinator back in the day. If you remember that show two days, John Parker Wilson. He watched it as a kid, so he's he's worked hard to be where he's at right now, and I really believe in second chances. But just go back to Alabama. Just
0: yeah, go back. yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think it'll happen this year, but I think next year he he uh, he checks into the the Nick Saban halfway house uh, for coaching. Um, <laughs> it, it it truly is amazing, and this is a little bit off topic, but it truly is amazing how Nick Saban like literally gives people second chances and like not, not just mediocre second chances where they go on to be an assistant somewhere. Like if you go and stay with Nick Saban for a couple of years or some people even a year, you become like the head coach of Texas. You become the head coach at Arkansas state. You become the head coach at Tennessee, which is Jeremy Pruitt did become the head coach of Georgia. Like if you just go study under the guy, good things happen. I mean, I understand Bama gets the best recruits, but damn, so does Georgia. So does Florida. So does USC. So does Texas, and he he, he brings them to the woodshed, and uh, it, it's just pretty amazing how he can just completely rehab somebody's career. I mean, if you look at who he's hired um, or is going to hire um, this year, with all the the people that left with Steve Sarkeesian for Texas, which in my opinion is is a dumb move unless you're getting a huge pay pay bump. Um, uh, Doug Marone, the former head coach of the the, the the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be the offensive line coach at Alabama and then um I don't know why I'm blanking on his name the former head coach of the Houston uh Houston Texans is going to be our offensive coordinator like I mean you got three former head coaches coaching the team I mean you know Nick Saban was the head coach a long time ago but um uh, of of uh of the Dolphins but uh yeah no I mean It'll be interesting. I think Jeremy Pruitt won't come back, won't coach this year, but I think he'll coach uh, in twenty. I guess it'll be twenty twenty two. I think he'll probably come back to Alabama and coach in twenty twenty two. I mean, it might take a year off, might coach high school, something like that. He might take the Art Art Bryles route and coach high school for a little bit. But uh, now it'll be interesting to see and. Um, and and that's kind of a good segue into our next our next topic is our, our twenty twenty sports uh, moment of the year. I know I know we're kind of well into twenty twenty one now, uh, but we want to kind of recap our sports moment of the year. Twenty twenty was a really not great year for for a lot of us and weird year for sports, um, especially at the beginning of twenty twenty. Uh, you know, not not the greatest start for sports. Huge gap there. But what was your uh, moment of the year for for twenty twenty as it relates to sports?
1: Definitely the Los Angeles Lakers winning a championship. Uh, they went through a lot, a lot as a program. Uh, with Kobe Bryant, one of the best Lakers players and one of the best NBA players to live, uh, passing away and just dedicating that season to him. And, you know, our good friend Matt Sandoval is a big Lakers fan, so I was happy for him as well. But yeah, just, you know, seeing LeBron James and Anthony Davis kind of connect throughout the season, playing, you know, with COVID and going leaving their families for months at a time to go sit there in Orlando, which was honestly pretty nice. It looked like a palace. It looked like you're having a good time, but just go there and compete and, you know, try to limit the distractions from the world and what's going on. And we were all sitting at home here in quarantine. So I think it was just not only good for Laker fans, but everyone was. that was a sports fan because it gave us hope and allowed us to, you know, watch something and distract ourselves. It was just definitely out of the Los Angeles Lakers winning a championship in memory of Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace. You know, America, you know, having something to cheer about in what was a pretty dark and gloomy year.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I agree. That's. I mean, that's a great choice. I mean, I I, I grew up a Kobe fan. You know, you know, most kids grew up a Kobe fan. I mean, I don't know anybody that didn't like the guy or at least respect how respect his game i think the lakers won a championship it was great great for the nba and um you know i mean how can you not root for that especially after you know the year year everybody's had and just uh you know people were dying for sports i mean i know hardcore sports fans like you and me we, we were dying for any sort of real sports and when i say real sports i mean sports that matters i mean you know, I don't care about a friendly between, yeah, you know, the U.S. men's national team and, and uh, Belgium. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, so so that, I think that's a great moment. For me personally, um, I'm massively biased in this, but but also at a higher level. Um, Alabama winning the national championship of football, um, you know, winning the college football playoff was my moment of the year. Uh, I know it happened in 2021, but it was the conclusion of the 2020 season. Um and for me personally, I mean, it was awesome. I've never had a team, you know, win a national championship. Uh, I, I've well, you know, I've watched my team win a Super Bowl, which is which is great. But this one for me was a lot more special. I just, um, you know, I look fondly on my time back in college, and I love college sports. Like I am just so ingratiated in college sports because I loved being a college athlete myself. And so, um, not not to be be cliche here, but it just means more to me. <laughs> Not to quote the SEC, but it just means more to me than professional sports. I think ever will, but um, and at at a higher level, I think what the you know what's so impressive to me is that college football was able to complete their season almost in its entirety. Um, I I know there were a lot of canceled games, I I, but but for the most part, I mean, legitimately, was like over eighty five percent of the games were played this year for college football, and there was a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people talking heads saying oh, you can't play college football. I mean, that's preposterous. That, that's ridiculous. You know, you can never play college football this year. Are you kidding me? And and they went out and did it. And, and for the most part, the kids wanted to do it. You know, obviously there were some opt-outs. I get it. You know, that's your personal choice. And, you know, I respect that. But they were able to complete the season to, you know, in, in entirety. I know most places didn't have fans. Some places did. But like, I just think that's a huge win, and and I don't know what I would have looked forward to on the weekends if we didn't have college football this past fall. And and it's it's just impressive to me that we were able to complete it, and that we had such a high quality of play, especially towards the end. Um, um just with conference championships and the college college football playoff, and I, I know it was a blowout, but um, I, that that's kind of my moment of the year as as far as sports goes. Just just being able to complete the college football season my team winning a national title, um, you know, once again, one, once again and, uh, you know, just, just seeing us able to complete that because college football is near and dear to my heart. So I'm proud we were able to do it. Um, so anyway, uh, to kind of close out the show, um, I, I, I know I didn't, I didn't have this on the docket here for you, Adele, but, um, I, I have, I'd like to kind of dedicate the the last moment of the show to Ben Brownlee. Uh, I think we're going to do our Brownlee, what made you laugh moment of the week. Um, so if there's anything that made you laugh, um, Brownlee and I would normally normally tell a quick quick story about it at the end of our podcast, uh, what, what made you laugh. And so I'll go ahead and go. And if you have something, Adele, that's fine. If you don't, no worries. I didn't put it on the agenda this week, but um, I had been thinking about just kind of having a Brownlee, what made you laugh this week. Um, Segment uh, at the end of every show. So, uh, what made me laugh uh, wasn't this week, but it was the week prior. But uh, uh, Alabama obviously won another national championship in football. Nick Saban basically some I mean, he's totally cemented his status as the greatest college football coach of all time, uh, passing uh, Paul Bear Bryant, which is a huge deal. Um, whether you're from Alabama or whether you're not from Alabama, it's a huge deal. Uh, but my what made you laugh this week was um, <laughs> somebody quote tweeting an article from, I think it was a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, from Dan Wilkin um, on Twitter saying, is, is Nick Saban's dynasty done? Uh, has Nick Saban lost it? And <laughs> I, I just, I, I cannot believe people get paid to write hit pieces on Nick Saban claiming the dynasty is done. The guy brought in the number one recruiting class, won the national championship yet again. So I just cannot believe that people continue to question whether whether Nick Saban is done and whether his dynasty is over. Um, every time they do it, I mean, they've been doing it for the past five, six years it seems like, and every time they do it, he comes back and just wins another one. Uh, so so that that always makes me chuckle to see see people uh, kind of do the hot takes or the uh, the cold the freezing cold takes exposed. Kind of thing, and bring back bring back articles from you know long time ago, and, and uh, retweet them after the national championship win. Yeah, they love to hate on uh, old Nick Saban. <laughs> <just> Keeps <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, there's certainly hateable coaches in in the SEC and across the country, but Nick Saban to me isn't one of them. I know he gets he gets testy during interviews, but my God, the guys won eight titles and or seven titles, excuse me, and. Um, you know, you know, he's a senior citizen. He's allowed to be angry. Once you make it to that age, you can be angry at whoever you want to. <laughs> he's a senior citizen. <laughs> oh, man. Well,
1: yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I got a pretty funny moment. Um, I was going through my phone the other day, and it was our boy, the uh, attendant over there at Tampa Bay, Rob Kronkowski uh, or whatever it is, and Gronk. Yeah, so he's celebrating in the locker room. Uh, with the, the old uh, LSU linebacker. And he's screaming, We're going to the AFC Championship, baby. And the guys are like, No, no, we're going to the NFC. And I guess he was just so used to going to the AFC Championship. <laughs> uh, alive, dying. I don't know if it was that or the, the concussions he's had in his life, but the guy was happy. It was, it was good to see him, you know, smiling with his teammates when he was a little funny. Just, the, the guys just used to go <laughs> to the championship.
0: I did not see that. That's hilarious. Um, And one last thing that I thought was pretty funny was uh, James Harden. James Harden must be on Jenny Craig or something because he lost 50 pounds in about 12 hours. Um, There are memes going around the internet. It's like before and after. And like before, he looks huge. I don't know if he's layered up, but he, he looks overweight for what he normally is. And then like two days later, he's like totally normal looking I, I don't know what's going on with him if he's like the poster boy for the atkins diet or if he's you know it, it's
1: well, yeah, hey, the guy was eating good in houston they got good food in houston. goes over there to brooklyn and he's
0: probably eating vegan and whatnot um no, yeah. you now well, he's probably not even allowed out of his house uh in new york city so um <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be funny in 20 years when, uh, James Harden is like the, the Nutra system, like infomercial guy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that's what made me laugh this week. Um, and, and so, uh, we're going to wrap up the show, but, but thanks for listening. And, um, you know, we dedicate this episode to, to Ben Brownlee and, and we'll have that segment for him every week. What made you laugh? Um, so so, thanks for thanks for uh, joining the podcast, Adele. Um, he's going to be our new full time host. We're going to have some guests come on um, when we can, um, but but we'll try to we'll try to produce an episode every week um, so that you guys can continue to enjoy it. There may be some lulls um, in the sports world where we kind of delve into other topics, and um, those are all fun too. I know Brownlee and I have done our, our favorite favorite sports moments, and we get the audio from some of our favorite plays in sports and moments in sports. So. Um, you know, after the Super Bowl, um, it kind of dies down just a little bit after March Madness and the Super Bowl. So thanks for listening and fire me up.
1: Fire me up, baby.